Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, ako si JC Punong Bayan. At kasama po natin ngayon si Alfredo Paloyo, or Paloy's for short. Hi, JC. So kami ni Paloy's ay aattend bukas nung 57th meeting ng uh, Philippine Economic Society. Ito yung annual na conference ng mga ekonomista sa Pilipinas. Magpresent kami ng mga papers namin. Yung sa iyo Paloy's, ano nga ba topic mo? Ang ipepresent ko bukas ay tungkol sa gender gap sa Pilipinas sa labor market. Tinitingnan namin dito yung diferensya sa pagitan ng lalaki at babae sa kanilang performance sa labor market measured as maybe wages. So yung kanilang ginikita or sweldo at yung participation in the labor market. So nagtatrabaho ba sila o naghahanap ba sila ng trabaho? Welcome sa Usapang Econ Podcast. Ang Usapang Econ Podcast ay proyekto ng mga batang ekonomista na naglalayong gawing mas fun, relatable, at understandable ang economics. Meron bang pressing issues or trends kayong nakita that so, inspired you to work on this? Actually, yung Pilipinas is doing quite well. According to World Economic Forum, ranked 8th tayo in terms of the gender performance between men and women. Sabihin, pag tinignan natin yung health, education, economic outcomes, and political outcomes, maganda yung performance ng Pilipinas. In fact, uh, improving over time. The best in Southeast Asia since 2006. Kaya lang, alam din natin na kahit maganda yung performance ng Pilipinas, meron pa difference na hindi natin maipaliwanag based on differences in educational attainment. So halimbawa, pag tinignan natin ng babae na nakapag-kolehyo, pareho ng kurso, pareho ng edad, pareho ng socioeconomic status. May diferensya pa rin uh, ang kita ng babae at ng lalaki. Hindi natin ito ma-explain sa pamamagitan lamang ng pagtingin sa diferensya sa uh, edukasyon or age or years of experience in the labor market. So ang tanong natin is, saan nanggagaling yung uh, diferensya? Pero yung ganong klaseng disparities, Palois, hindi ba parang hindi naman siya unique sa Pilipinas? Yes, which to me, ang ibig sabihin nun, pervasive yung problema. <laughs> Hindi dahil nakikita natin sa, sa ibang bansa, ay ito ay uh, normal or dapat nating tanggapin. No? Countries like Iceland, for example, meron silang policy na kailangan kunin ng lalaki yung parental leave. Right? Kasi ang nangyayari usually ay yung nanay lang kumukuha ng parental leave. Ibig sabihin nun, yung nanay ay lalabas uh, pansamantala sa labor market at will be the primary caregiver for the child. At yung lalaking partner will continue in the labor market and earn years of experience, tenure within the firm. At malaki yung advantage nun, no for the father. At kung ito ay ipoproject no, over the life course, lalawak at lalawak yung pagitan nila sa performance in the labor market. Ang polisya is to address this gap. Other countries are taking this very seriously. May mga gender pay commissions na pinipilit nilang intindihin kung saan nagagali yung uh, diferensya at gumagawa sila ng mga polusiya to address. Tingnan natin yung statistics. 
pwede natin itong tingnan sa dalawang parte. Tantiyatawin natin extensive margin at yung intensive margin. So, yung extensive margin, tinitingnan natin kung nagpa-participate ba yung tao sa labor market. No? Labor force participation rate ay importante. So, tinatawag natin labor force ay yung mga taong nagtatrabaho. So, yung suma total ng mga taong nagtatrabaho at yung mga hindi nagtatrabaho pero naghahanap ng trabaho at maaari magsibula pag nakahanap ng trabaho. Malaki yung diferensya between men and women. Titignan natin ang overall totality of men and women, about 30 percentage points. So, ang sa babaeng participation rate would be 50%, sa lalaki would be about 80%. So, in other words, sa mga babae, one out of two women ay nagpa-participate sa labor market sa Pilipinas. Pero pagdating sa mga lalaki, four out of five. Malaki yun. No? And then there is regional variation. So, ang overall ay 30 percentage points. Pero pag tinignan natin ng ARMM, 50. So, malawak talaga ang pagitan ng participation between men and women sa ARMM in the labor market. Ang pinakamaliit na nakita namin ay in Central Visayas. Those are the provinces of Cebu, Bohol, Sikihor, and the eastern part of, of Negros. Mas pantay yung participation rate ng babae talaki sa, sa labor market doon. So, that's the uh, extensive margin. Yung pangalawang part is the intensive margin. So usually, ang pagsukat doon ay ilang oras ba nagtatrabaho, kung nagtatrabaho ka. Uh, ang tinitingnan namin dito ay yung average basic daily pay. Pag tinitingnan mo lang yung mga nakapagtabos ng mababang paaralan, ang difference ay 250 pesos per day. Post muna tayo saglit. Yung 250 pesos dito na nababanggit ni Palois, ito yung lamang sa daily basic pay ng mga lalaki kumpara sa mga babae. Pero, ito yung sa mga nakapagtapos lang ng grade school. Kung isipin mo, hindi naman siya malaking number, kaya lang kasi average basic daily pay yun, no? so araw-araw. Kung ipoproject mo ang um, working days typically in a year is about maybe 250, so that's 250 pesos times 250. That's 62,500. It adds up. Ano? Interesting yun ano, na for different people of different educational backgrounds or attainments, iba-iba yung pwede mong asahan na wage daily. So, ang pinagbabasaya natin kasi ay tinatawag namin uh, human capital theory. No? Talagang may dispersion or may spread yung wages, both between men and women, also sa pagitan ng mga different educational attainment levels because ang iniisip natin ay yung kinikita natin o yung sweldo natin is the reward for our productivity. Dahil may nakita tayong dispersion or spread of the wages, maaaring nanggagaling ito sa differences in productivity. So, pwede natin i-expect na kapag nakapagtapos ka ng kaleyo, on average, mas mataas yung kita mo compared to somebody who just finished primary schooling. That's one source dun sa spread. No? The other source is ang tinatawag nating job characteristics. So dun ang pumapasok yung konsepto ng compensating wage differential. Halimbawa, kailangan nating bayaran ng mas malaking sweldo ang isang tao kapag delikado yung trabaho niya. Nung sumabog yung reactor ng Fukushima in Japan, kailangan nilang ayusin yung nuclear power plant and... The way to do it is we need to send workers inside. Kaya lang, syempre, very risky. Uh, ang mangyayari nun, pag pumasok ka, you will most likely get cancer and die very quickly. And for an economist, ang problema yun, madaling isolve. 
bayaran natin na mas mataas na sweldo. No? So, uh, in fact, thousands of dollars per hour ang kinikita ng workers no, no? because that's what they needed to compensate dun sa increased risk. So, those two things, differences in worker productivity o pagkakaiba ng uh, skills or productivity ng workers, and the other part is differences in job characteristics. Kaya lang, ang problema natin is, kapag tinignan mo yung dalawang yun, meron pa butal na diferensya. Ang tanong is, saan ang gagaling yun? So, yung uh, discrimination angle, ito yung nakikita nyo rin dun sa wage data when it comes to uh, men versus women, di ba? May parte na na-explain ng differences in worker characteristics. Ibig sabihin, maaaring mas maraming lalaki ang may college degree. Kaya nakikita natin sa average na mas malaking kinikita ng lalaki. Kaya lang, the majority of the difference is not explained by differences in worker productivity. I can say it's certainly more than half ay hindi na-explain ng differences in worker productivity. May pagkakaiba on the returns. So, ibig sabihin, pag kinawa natin ang isang lalaki with a college degree at kinawa natin ng isang babae with a college degree, the returns to this college degree are larger for the men. So, pag isang babae ay nag-iisip kung kukuha siya ng college degree, baka ma-discourage siya kasi nakikita niya na if she put in the same effort as the guy and end up with the same degree, hindi siya nare-reward sa labor market no? or not rewarded as much as what the guy would have earned in the labor market. So, problema yun in terms of increasing women's labor force participation. Kasi kung doon pa lang, nakikita niya na Uy, yung ako at saka yung mga kasama kong babae, nag-aral kami, pareho naman kami nakapagtapos, bakit mas malaki pa rin yung kinikita nung uh, lalaki? Although, may mga issue using that comparison because maaari mong sabihin na bakit kasi kulang yung babae with the same level of college attainment as the guys, right? So, posibleng merong discrimination na nangyayari pre-labor market entry pa lang, Right? So, kaya nakikita mo na yung performance in the labor market ay poorer for women. And it's very difficult to say na, ay, kasi kulang sila sa edukasyon. The response should be, ay, bakit pala kasi kulang sila sa edukasyon? May barriers ba na entry to education that women face that men do not? Maaaring manggaling sa social norms. Baka yung expectation ay, huwag ka na mag-college kasi mag-aasawa ka naman at magkakaanak ka and ikaw naman yung primary caregiver, so nadi-discourage yung babae. Or, engineering, naku pang lalaki yan. Nursing ka na lang. Or, ay, math? Pang lalaking course yan. but hindi ka na lang mag-creative writing? Right? And uh, nakita naman natin ay yung creative writers don't earn as much as the engineering graduates. So, doon pa lang, before they even set foot on the labor market or even make the decision to enter the labor market, meron na kaagad silang barriers na nakikita sa harap nila na hindi naman nandoon sa lalaki. So in other words, Palois, part nung uh, diferensya nung uh, wages between men and women sa Pilipinas ay binubuksan nito yung discussion dun sa educational attainment between men and women. So in other words, from elementary, from high school to college, bakit for certain courses ay mas maraming lalaki or mas maraming babae? So yung may sinasabi mo na doon nag-uugat partly yung gender wage gap sa Pilipinas. Exactly. Doon pa lang, no? In fact, at the baby stages pa lang, no, makikita natin na yung mga regalong binibigay sa mga batang lalaki, uh, train sets, 
here, bumuo ka ng train set. Pero yung regalo na ibibigay dun sa uh, pamangkin na babae is a doll set na, okay, she's combing the hair of the doll. I don't think that's rewarded very much in the labor market. Pero yung lalaki na uh, pamangkin, nakapagbuo siya ng train set. Pwede siya maging engineer. Doon pa lang meron ng discrimination. No? Recently, uh, I'm staying with some friends and meron silang anak na uh, bata going to school. Sabi ng teacher, there are no boy clothes and girl clothes. There are just clothes that you like. And sa akin, importante yun na doon pa lang nililinaw na natin na wala namang rason na bakit hindi mo pwede bigyan ng train set yung babae? Paano naman siya may giging interested in being an engineer kung she never even imagined to be an engineer because meron siyang dull. So that opens up an even larger discussion dun sa social, cultural norms when it comes to occupations. Ano? In developed economies, ang pinakamalaking explanation for the disparity is malaki yung tinatawag nating motherhood penalty. Pagka nagkaanak ang isang babae, malaking-malaki ang drop sa kanyang labor market performance. So lalabas siya sa labor market temporarily kasi siya yung primary caregiver para sa bata. Mababa yung kanyang wage. At even if she comes back to the labor market, she will never be able to match yung male partner's uh, performance in the labor market. Ang pinakamalaking policy discussion in developed economies is ano gagawin natin sa child care and child care policies? So, paano natin may encourage yung mga tatay to participate in the household? Paano niya matutulungan yung asawa niya in working at home? Malaking component ay yung pag-aalaga sa mga bata. Uh, kaya importante na merong paternity leave na matching dun sa maternity leave at dapat kinukuha yun ng, ng lalaki kasi at the moment yung burden of child rearing o yung pagpapalaki sa mga bata ay disproportionately falling on women at malaking malaki yung penalty of doing that in the labor market people can say you know the reward is intrinsic right like you the love for your child kaya lang it has problems down the road no? halimbawa merong family dissolution hindi nagkakasunduhin tatay at nanay at gusto na nilang maghiwalay, nakapag-accumulate ng pera yung tatay kasi nagtatrabaho siya for much longer than the wife. And hindi naman nakapag-accumulate yung nanay ng pera kasi nag-aalaga siya ng bata. And so, the bargaining power intra-household between the couple, mas malaki yung sa lalaki versus the wife. Problema rin yun. <laughs> Even in the US, parang ang daming recent studies quantifying gano'ng kalaki yung wage penalty na yun na nararanasan ng mga nanay. How might you describe that wage penalty? Malaki, one-off, and persistent. Uh-huh. It, not only in the U.S., but also in many European countries. Malaki-malaki yung motherhood uh, penalty. So, yung decision kung ikaw ay magkakaanak, talagang dapat seryosohin ng isang nanay. So, ibig sabihin, kapag ka nanganak ka, so hindi ka muna nagtrabaho ganyan, yung motherhood penalty ay malaki na nga, tapos, naging permanent yung effect niya or matagal yung effect permanent. niya. Permanent. Tinatawag natin sa economics, it is a level effect. Bababa by one level yung income ng nanay. Kahit tumataas pa siya over time, permanent na yung difference between her partner's wage increase and her own wage increase over time. Si President Duterte actually signed yung extended uh, maternity leave uh, kung saan uh, yung paid uh, maternity leave ng mga nanay ay in-extend from the previous 60 days up to 105 days. So, meron ganong kamalayan din sa Pilipinas na meron talagang wage penalty at maraming nakakaranas ito. In fact, yung iba nga, hindi lang wage penalty, kundi wala na silang dinadatan na trabaho 
after nilang uh, mga anak. So, may mga ganong mga measures naman to counteract it. Exactly. So, that's a very good first step. Kaya lang, hindi pa rin niya na-address yung, yung lalaki. The burden of child rearing still falls on the mother. One of the Scandinavian countries. The policy conclusion is, we're going to force the fathers to take the parental leave. Right? Para yung penalty of having a child is shared between the father and the mother. Kasi may ibang countries na parental leave. So, not specific to mother or father. Kaya lang kasi, between the intra-household bargaining, ang usually nangyayari ay yung nanay pa rin ang kumukuha ng paternity leave. No? So, uh, ano yung intra-household bargaining? Na, so, ang negosasyon ng uh, mag-asawa. Ang tinatawag natin isang household ay mag-asawa at ang kanilang anak. Sila ay nag-uusap kung paano nila uh, i-allocate o i-distribute yung pag-aalaga sa anak. Kaya lang kasi, pag ikaw ay nag nagdi-negotiate, mayroong tinatawag na bargaining power. No? Sino yung uh, mas nakakalamang dun sa negosasyon? Ang usually nangyayari ay mas nakakalamang yung lalaki. No? Kasi, gaya nung nabanggit kong rason, mas malaki yung kinikita niya sa labor market. No? Kaya pwede niya sabihin, ikaw na, misis, ang kukuha ng leave kasi uh, mas malaki yung kinikita ko naman sa labor market. Eh. So, in fact, ang nangyayari, it just perpetuates the the disparity. No? Kasi, Mababa na kayo kinikita niya, and then she has to take care of the child. So, after nun, mas mababa pa kikitain niya. Just to uh, sum up, maaring yung diferensya ng wages between men and women ay nagagaling pala unang-una dun sa different educational attainments or uh, dun sa characteristics ng mga trabaho nila. So, for example, meron kang nabanggit na compensating wage differentials. Pag mas delikado yung trabaho mo, you can expect na mas malaki talaga yung makukuha mong uh, compensation for it. And then, meron yung uh, job discrimination, kung saan papasok yung mga cultural norms, uh, etc. Uh, yung gendering of different occupations. And then, yung motherhood penalty na nabanggit mo. Meron bang policy recommendations dun sa paper nyo or child rearing. Kailangan nating ma-encourage yung mga lalaki to participate in raising the child. Meron tayong parang narrative if you want of ang nanay ang ilaw ng tahanan. Ang iniisip ko parati, well, asan yung tatay? Nasa dilim? <laughs> parang, ano yung ginagawa yung ng tatay? Yung ng tahanan daw. Yung... Parang, <laughs> hindi naman sila mutually exclusive. <laughs> no? Parang pwede naman siyang mag-participate in generating the light. <laughs> or uh, pwede baliktad na rose. O pwede baliktad. <laughs> o maaaring baliktad. No? Yun ang pinakamalaking, I think, policy makers could do to mitigate that disparity in performance in the labor market. Thanks so much, Palois, for being here. Thank you very much for the invitation. <laughs> Sundan niyo po si Palois on Twitter at Alfredo Paloyo. At yan po ang unang season ng Usapang Econ Podcast. Sa ngalan po ng aking mga co-host na sila Mayan Vital at Jeff Arapok at iba pang member ng aming team, nagpapasalamat po kami sa inyong pakikinig at suporta. Sana po ay naging successful kami na gawing mas fun at relatable ang economics sa pamamagitan ng paghimay sa iba't ibang issue tulad ng pagpapakasal, tubig, endo, gift-giving sa Pasko, at porn. Habang hinihintay ninyo ang Season 2, maaari nyo pong i-binge ang lahat ng 12 episodes ng Usapang Econ Podcast. Hanapin lang ang mga ito sa Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor. At huwag kalimutang i-follow ang aming blog sa usapangecon.com at ang aming social media accounts sa Facebook at Twitter. Ang Usapang Econ Podcast ay isang Puma Podcast production. 
Lubos kami nagpapasalamat sa tulong nila Carl Javier, Mikel Bolante, Nico Bolante, Nina Toralba, Mark Casillian, Trix Casillian, Siege Tantenko, Trisha Aquino, at Robbie Alampay. Muli, ako po si JC Punong Bayan. Thank you.